Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snowett. This is the 252nd episode of the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. My name is Rob Snow White. This episode is brought to you by Hatch Outdoors. Please visit hatchoutdoors.com for more information and stay tuned for a possible treat for y'all listeners closer towards the holidays. This podcast features Jason Reef and Thomas Perkins with some random guys at the end who had to be heavily edited because I like to think of this as a family-friendly podcast. That you can listen to with your kids in the car, on the way to school, on the way to daycare, or on a road trip for the holidays. You're going to find out how well prepared I was for this trip based on the weather. Feel free to call me names if you need to. It's definitely tiring, fishing sleep deprived all day long in those harsh conditions. It takes a toll on you. You're going to hear about fishing in different conditions, whether it be the water levels, clouds versus no clouds, precipitation, air temperatures different sections of the river where fish may or may not be. I'm going to discuss what flies work better than others throughout the years. Frankly, I think any fly will work up there as long as there happens to be a fish where you're properly swinging or drifting or nymphing your fly. The Salmon River is very dark. It can be deep in spots. There's no sight casting up there. You're all reading water levels and using your intuition as an educated angler 
to find where the fish are. I also want to give a shout out to Dirty Bill, who allowed me to float with his clients and just did some awesome things as a guide that other guides on the river just were not doing. So shout out to Dirty Bill. Being that this episode is brought to you by Hatch Outdoors, let's talk about Hatch. Hatch was founded by John Torok, who needed a quality fly fishing reel to meet his angling standards. He wasn't able to find that reel and decided that to get the best reel for fly fishing, he had to go about doing it himself. With the help of machinist Danny Ashcraft, they built the first Hatch reels. These reels were debuted in 2005, and they are still family-owned and made in America. Hatch reels are now industry standard. If you need proof, go look at social media tags and see the variety of fish caught around the world in some of the harshest conditions possible. I used the Hatch 7 Plus Large Arbor on this trip, and it performed in cold, in rain. I never got it wet, which was very important. I'm thoroughly impressed with this reel. For more information on Hatch reels, please go to your local dealer, and you can find those at HatchOutdoors.com. Now, let's go up to the Salmon River of New York. We're going to talk about steelhead for the next hour or so. Today was a really long day. My alarm was set for 5.30 in the morning. I usually don't get up that early. And I just happened to be sort of semi-awake when the alarm went off. So I got up, dressed, got some gear packed, and I was out the door by 5.37 in the morning. And there was absolutely no traffic. I relish the days when I can drive around home and there's no one on the road. There may be two cars passed between my house and the Beltway. And it was less than 15 minutes before I was into Maryland. And sometimes that could take an hour to an hour and a half to go that far. I only stopped once on the way up. That was to go to Sheets to fill up at Wilkesbury. And it was so early. It was I was still listening to Weekend Edition Sunday. So what time was I out there this morning? I got there around 9 o'clock, and I wasn't in the mood for a schmitzkit or a schmuffin, and I didn't, didn't want a sandwich, so I just got a cup of coffee, not a coffee drinker, and by the time I got up here, it was around noonish, and I'd been texting Jason and Thomas throughout the day, so we all knew we, where each other were. Jason and I met up at, Jason and I met up at All Seasons, and... It was good to get off the road because I'd been driving nearly nonstop. There were dead deer everywhere. In all progression of decomposition from fresh kill to half-eaten carcasses, I'd say that if I had a dollar for every dead deer I saw on the road today, I would have had 75 bucks. Bucks? Okay. So we, we get up here, and Jason and I meet up at... At all seasons, and he gets his license. We drive to a parking lot, get out, suit up, and we walk down river. And Thomas is going to meet us there. It's it's pretty cold out. It's about twenty degrees colder than DC. Coldest weather I've experienced this year. We get down there, and I'm not really layered up. I've just got on a pair of work pants, long underwear, wool socks, a hoodie, maybe some fleece, and down. And we set up, and we consider this spring training day. We weren't really expecting to catch a whole lot of fish today, but the plan was work on swinging practice, work on your leaders and knots, work on depth. 
with your weight and if you're swinging versus nymphing and throwing uh, those loops upstream to mend. And that was kind of just practice. There were some good riffles. There were some good runs. Uh, we didn't hook anything. The weather was cloudy, and it was it's uh, 350 feet per second right now. Temps were in the 40s. It was overcast. We didn't have any wind today. And there were bugs coming off. So there were a lot of little BWOs. Boats were coming through. A couple people fishing. No one really hooking stuff. And then we decided to call it. Because we're getting cold, you could definitely feel the weather is changing. We're expecting snow tonight. We stop at Melinda's, get some tie material, come back, unpack in the lodge, and start preparing for tomorrow morning. We're going to get up beyond the butt crack of dawn. The other guys want to get up early. They're coffee drinkers. I'm not. So I'm going to sleep in a little longer. I've also got picked up a new... Uh, dubbing clip from Caster's Fly Shop. So I'm going to try tying Graboid leeches tonight. So we come back here. The plan is we're going to tie flies, watch football, have some whiskey. So we start tying flies and we start getting warnings about winter weather coming in for the next day. And we start taking the spare beds and we start layering everything up. So we're all set for tomorrow, and you can just go from one layer to the next, kind of like a fireman getting ready. And we to stay up, uh, not too late, because we got to get up early in the morning. Dinner tonight at the Trestle Lodge was homemade chicken noodle soup. We absolutely housed a lot of that. We we're gonna tie for the rest of the night. Watch football. Get up early. Tie some graboid leeches. Tie some crystal meths. Thomas is doing some small black stone flies. So that's it for the first day. I'm expecting tomorrow to be cold. We're getting up early, and we're going to see what kind of fish we can get into. And hopefully the weather doesn't turn out too bad, being that we're in such a strange microclimate. Monday today was about the, the epitome of a great lake steelhead trip that you could get. We had everything from constantly biting fish to snow, to nice low water levels, and really good hot meals on shore. Absolutely great time. We got up way too early, which is why I am so exhausted right now. Beyond normal exhausting that you could ever comprehend. The other guys, Thomas, Jason, got up 3.30 maybe. I had my alarm set for 3.50. I was out the door by 4 first person. Everything we packed last night was just ready to grab and go. Like I said, fireman, get up, put everything on. I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not here for the, the Pop-Tarts like Jason is. So I went straight to the river and I got down there first. There was another person on the other side. And it's cold and it's dark. Got a new headlamp, grabbed my gear, head down there, hold the spot. It's a holiday weekend. So we were expecting more people today than any other day of the week. I get down there, set up my gear, hang out, sit on shore, try and fall asleep, sit on a tree stump, try and fall asleep. Remember, we got like two and a half hours minimum till we can start fishing. So Jason and Thomas showed up. They set up their gear. 
They got their coffee. They're all awake. I try to go to sleep on the shore, and that cold is just sucking the life out of me. I got three layers on the bottom, four on top, not including jackets and vests. So I decided I'm walking back to the car. I'm going to sleep in the back because the seats are all down and just wake up when I do and come down. And I was able to take my new barn jacket and wrap that around my head and just sleep in the fetal position. I get down there. The lads are already fishing. I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with that. Nice slow morning. I'm just waking up again. Going to make some of my potato and leek soup for breakfast. A little bit of rosemary boule. And Jason ties on his graboid. Probably the first cast of the day is the biggest fish of the day that I saw when I got down there. And it was a monster that porpoised out and either broke him off or he broke the fly off later. But that was probably Jason's biggest bite of the trip. And then I start hooking into fish after I've got some warm food in my belly. Uh, my hot fly today was crystal meth in pink, yellow, orange, and maybe one of pink and orange together, a hybrid, I can't remember. And we are swinging flies, be it buggers, worms, nymphs, we're also nymphing, high sticking, you may remember from the old podcast, Jason is the king of high sticking. I'm trying other flies, nothing on worms, nothing on Jumbo Johns, nothing on the little black stone flies we tied up last night, nothing on three loot pink ladies. I try some Korean scrub yarn buggers. Going through the mix, confident in everything, but the fly that starts working is the crystal meth. And the people across from us and below us are hooking up all morning. The problem on the other side is they're fishing deep, and when they hook a fish, they're trees that somebody cut down with a saw and they're in the river at a 30 degree angle to the shore. You've got to go over one tree and then under another with the fly rod. And then people are going all the way down and around. So I finally hooked my first fish and it is an absolute hog. And it was on bubblegum pink sucker spawn. And... As we're taking the hook out, this guy across the river yells, Hey, keep that fish's head in the water. He's yelling at us. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, dude. You know, like, we're, we're trying to get the hook out and fish is out of the water for a split second to get a couple shots and back in. Doing as little harm as we can with fish out of the water. We're fishing again. I put the fish back. I take a break, hang on shore. Jason hooks a huge brown with the blue stripe down the side on a chartreuse hobo. He finishes, takes his break, he caught a fish. I go back in. The guy across from us, he yelled at me, hooks a steelhead, takes him. That steelhead takes him down and around the bend. He's got the fish landed in the rocks where it's flopping around it. And we hung out all day and fished. And it was cloudy. Again, the water levels today were 350. Light wind, very quiet. No birds, no squirrels, no chipmunks. There was no cat that followed me today. But all of a sudden, it starts to snow, and it starts snowing hard, and it starts dumping. And we constantly are hooking fish. Thomas gets a nice brown, gets a couple of steelhead. Dirty Bill shows up, and then I hook a brown, get a nice picture with Dirty Bill. Very cool shot. Pick the fish up. Water's dripping off it. Put it back in. It swims away. 
And everything for me again is on crystal meth. And then the snow really starts coming down. So I take a break and make some udon on the shore. It's been a couple hours. And Dirty Bill's got to go to his non-fishing job. So he leaves us. I had one cast on a chartreuse yellow, just really bright yellow sucker spawn. And it's, or crystal meth. The second it landed, I had a fish on it, it broke off. I'm using 12-pound fluoro. So I switch up. And I put on another pink one. Maybe third cast with that, I hook a steelhead. So that's two casts almost in a row. I set the hook, and the whole skagit head flies back. I keep fishing another minute or two. Decided to take a look at my rig. Noticed the hook had been broken off. That's the first time I've ever broken a Sabre brand hook. And I'm pretty sure I broke it on that fish. Because it was flopping around afterwards. And the snow just doesn't stop. Everything, my baseball hat's covered, your rod's covered, your gloves. Everything's getting covered in snow. The temperature starts noticeably dropping. Our fingertips are getting cold. We got to start using the hand warmer, the electric uh, propane one I brought. And people are catching fish up and down. And it's snowing and it's just beautiful outside and you're working on all these cool, crazy, two-handed casts with the... I'm using... So we're all using switch rods. 11-foot, 8 weights. Playing with different depths all day. Trying to find different pocket water. And when you're looking at the pocket water, you're breaking it down into sections and quadrants. And you're doing a swing through each one. And then start with the closest one. So your line doesn't go over the next fish. Then you go with the next one. And then the next column. The next column. And then you swap your fly or you change your weight and you just repeat cutting off sections like on a checkerboard each section until you're done and then you take a break to warm up. So at some point, I was like, I got like 20 minutes left. I don't know what time it is. I'm so covered up. We decided to call it, go to Melinda's, where we picked up some material ties, some more graboids. I didn't find anything in the colors I liked. So we headed back here with the plan that I would put the seats up and we'd drive into town to go make some groceries. We come back here, shower, change, and it starts dumping. We're talking the Great Lakes. Huge, pillowy snowflakes are coming down. Absolutely beautiful looking out. Makes my ex Tara happy to have some snow to drive in. So we go into town. Roads are not clear. Got to use four-wheel drive to get there. Get to the parking lot at Tops, completely iced over. We go in. I get some bacon and some cheese so I can make grilled cheese sandwiches. And I got some other various sundries, some hot sauce for home, and a dinosaur barbecue rub that I might use on my Traeger Thanksgiving turkey. From there, we headed to some of the fly shops to look for tying material. Came back here, had a happy hour. I got Tostitos and cheese dip. We had a couple drinks, there were some fun laughs, some podcast recording, stories told. All the while we're watching Jeremy Wade, the Jeremy Wade-a-thon. And we see one of the ponds that Thomas caught his Mekong catfish in, in Thailand. And then, as the night goes on, we're just cranking out flies. Intruders, sucker spawn, eggs, stoneflies, popsicles, you name it. We got big piles. The plan tomorrow is going to be get up a little later, head upstream, see what 
the water's going to look like. It's a 20-minute minimum hike. They're now calling on the TV for 7 to 11 inches of snow. So during the Monday Night Football, we're getting some break-ins. And then we meet a guy next door who was out fishing Oak Orchard, center pinning, and then he stopped in and had a drink and was telling us he was on his way home, but the roads are so bad. 81 hasn't been paved all day. Not paved, plowed. So the roads are so unsafe that he's staying here. He fishes out of this lodge. So he called up Mark and said, hey, if you got a room. So he said he'll meet us up in the morning up there. He doesn't really have gear for the fly zone, being that he was out center pinning. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. And I've got a whole box of new flies to try. And we're going to see if we can repeat some of the action from this morning's fantastic out. Thomas, let's discuss uh, our full first exhausting day up here. It's pretty early, right? We got up at... Yeah, 3.45, my alarm went off. But we were all up. I was pretty impressed with ourselves. We didn't moan and groan. We got dressed. Uh, Rob headed straight to the river. I had a nice everything bagel with cream cheese and an apple. And filled up my coffee. Got my yearly dose of Pop-Tarts from the yeah. What flavor pop tarts this morning? Cookies and cream. Oh, you found cookies and cream. Nice. I usually hope for a fruity flavor, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, Thomas hooked in first. I think I hooked. No, oh, no. Jason, I hooked in first and lost something big. That's right. You took the graboid first cast. Graboid. You broke off. Mm-hmm. I went two for ten, so my daughter would be able to be. That's 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 one out of five. I landed. She's learning her fractions. Nice. I'm pretty sure I did break a hook on that monster on the other side. Nice. Most of my fish were in that slot on the other side where all those other dudes were. High-sticking. <laughs> yeah, high-sticking and waist-deep water. Where you, to land a fish, you had to go over one log and then under another. And Fresh cut logs, by the way. That yes. was interesting. It yeah, made it much I more challenging. I think it was not necessarily done. Oh, no. They were not falling. They, <laughs> they, were, not, were, they were not falling, and I was talking with... Uh, I don't think it was done um, by anyone in charge. Yes. <laughs> it was made to high stick so you could stand on shore in high stick. Oh. Yeah. Any patterns work for you guys better than others today for me? Crystal meth? I can't remember what I caught my brown trout on. It was an egg of some sort, but I don't remember the color. My brown was on a big chartreuse intruder after I lost that graboid. And then I uh, had luck on, I caught two steelhead today swinging, which was awesome, using um, some fair fly brushes, just very simple uh, intruder style on a... Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Black, black and red. So I eventually lost that, and I've tied up two more. I had some other big hits. I think I went three for six, three for seven. I had a couple big hits. I was sad I lost. I had a couple big fish on early that I lost. I'll tell you, a, a hatch reel does a darn fine job when your steelhead's hooked in the tail, and you don't know that. 
Yeah, that was a... We had two foul-hooked fish today that we thought would be pretty decent fish. Actually, the one was a really big brown. Uh, mm-hmm. Fattest brown I've seen. But that was tail-hooked. How about that weather? Weather wasn't... I mean, it was wet near the end, but... Yeah, we got all, we were getting snowing pretty good, but it was, snow's pretty, so it makes it worth it. Snow's better than rain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So everything a little too wet? Not too... Yeah, but... It's drying you know, off. It's drying off now. Uh, I think we'll be good by the morning. Anything you forgot to pack? Anything I forgot to pack? I think I have most everything. I can't think of anything, actually, that I'm missing. I wish I had. I forgot uh, my whiskey glass. Want me to get you a glass out of my car? I actually have glasses. I have. I have. I, I carry whiskey glasses in my car. I have three, like two McCallum glasses that Holt gave me a couple years ago at home. Uh, but I have one of those. I have one of these too that you gave me at home. I just didn't think to bring it. No, I think I have everything. What about change of venue tomorrow? Going up river. Uh, as of right now, heading up to the upper fly. Uh, haven't decided exactly where yet. Uh, Gotta hike in a little bit. Hike in, hopefully. Hopefully, get a spot where we can have a fire. Because tomorrow, hiking will keep us will get us warm up. It's going to be cold. How uh, much colder? I'm not going to tell you. Oh jeez. Um, it's we lucked out today. It wasn't that bad at all. No. Uh, My feet were cold, but they were not blocks of ice. I don't think your feet will be any colder tomorrow because the water's the same. That's true. That's I had awesome. so many layers on. Really, just face, cheeks, and oh come on, fingers after you land a fish. Fingers, yeah. Were fingers the worst. after landing the fish were the you know, but that's a great thing because you just landed a fish. No, this this one guy across the river yelled at me to get my fish's head back in the water, and we landed it. Yet I counted to twenty-one. Slow count as he was taking the hook out of his fish that he dragged, fought down river a couple hundred feet and then landed it on the rocks. So I, I don't know about the glass houses, but he shouldn't be throwing any stones. You got meal plans for tomorrow? Uh, I had my mountain house breakfast skillet today, which I might regret tomorrow. So tomorrow morning's oatmeal while we wait for daylight. And then a mountain house. I think I put beef stroganoff uh, in my backpack already. Beef jerky, some ramen if I need it, some miso soup if I need it. I think tomorrow's more of a yeah hot broth day because it's going to be cold. Yeah. Nothing too extravagant. Uh, Scott Stankus isn't here to make me grilled cheese, which is very unfortunate for both the fact that he's not here and the fact that I'm not getting his homemade uh, sourdough. More importantly, he's not here, which is sad. I brought some Aldi's for hot sourdough, but it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> I've got a rosemary boule for tomorrow. Ooh, fun. With some cheese and bacon, and I'll make some sandwiches. Yeah, okay, we're going to make bacon, green beans, just no green beans. Right. Right. And that way, I can dip in some grilled ches up into my potato leek soup. Did you grab that other potato leek that we eat from the shore? Someone? Yes. I have it. And it reminds me, I didn't put any of my food in the fridge. It's outside. Mine? Yeah. I, I don't like the color. This is an off orange. Hairline no longer makes the... They don't like this? The yellow. No, no they changed it up. Oh, it used right, to be right. a... Oh, I did. Do you, do you have my, uh, do you have my yeah, wood finisher you. still? Uh, yeah. Any gear you need to pack tomorrow right. to stay warm? I'm going to wear my Elmer Fudd hat. I bought a new hat, but we'll wait for Instagram 
to showcase that. <laughs> um, I don't... I You know, I might actually take le- some things out of my backpack. I find I always pack an extra couple layers that I never use, no matter how cold I get, because oh. I just can't fit them under my raincoat. As I told you, I am, I'm not schlepping the... I know. The, the Coleman heater up yep, there. Yep, no, that's fine. Yes. Uh, but... I, uh, I'll keep my vest, probably, but I'll probably get rid of my nano, because it's got a hood. I don't like the double hood, honestly, but, uh, do need to put my rod and reel back together and re-rig them all, so I'll probably do that tomorrow morning while we wait. Uh, I need new leaders and stuff. Just hoping for another good day, honestly. We, uh, this is, I mean, I've never caught more than two fish up here in a in a trip, so I've already caught three. So I'm pretty happy on that. Oh, I do have a uh, what I buy. What beer did I buy? Uh, Labatt Blue, Tall Boy, Boy 24 ounces. I'm pretty excited for that tomorrow. I'm uh, excited to try out Shooting Head. Yes. Yeah, I did buy a new Shooting Head on my line, my rod this year, and that was fantastic. Been great for swimming. No, I will flies. say, I think I bought this. The second year up here, this guy. Oh wow! I had Cabell's for hundred bucks on sale. It's it holds. It's got good drag. I like it a lot. Nice. Um, and y'all have to leave tomorrow. I do. I leave. Thomas is leaving. Yeah, I'll get the fish some this Wednesday morning. All right. Well, uh, I think we get to uh, hang out with Dirty Bill one more time. Dirty Bill. So maybe the lodge tomorrow. Maybe lodge tomorrow. It's All right. Not, yeah. Sounds good. We'll check in. From the upper fly zone in the morning. Sounds good. See you there. All right. Don't eat the yellow snow. No, no, I'm an adult. I didn't finish my flask on the river today. Got to finish your flask. Oh God, there's oh, there's some marabou in here. Oh. It ain't a, it ain't a salmon river trip until you drink some marabou. All right. It was cold today. It was cold. The water was high and it snowed nonstop. What were your thoughts on today, looking back, um, now that we're inside and our fingertips are defrosting? Defrosting is the key word. It is, what, 8.30? My fingertips are still a little uh, painful. I uh, wish we had thought a little bit more about what the river lev- levels were going to do, because a 25-minute hike in this morning to a flooded crossing that despite our best attempts we couldn't get across was... Um, a bit disheartening. Yeah, maybe and the water wasn't so tannin colored and low lit. We could find a spot, but I don't know. I mean, we tried. It. it wasn't worth it. It was. We made good adult decisions. Adulting. We adulted hard early, and then the only. I mean, the only real issue with it was how sweaty I got, which sort of for the rest of the day uh, meant I was pretty cold. Glad we went to Upper Fly, even though we didn't hook into anything up there. Cause it's just always good to explore some new water. You got get away. You touched two fish, I believe. At least two. Yeah, I had two solid takes, and then maybe two other light taps that may have been rocks, but I think they were fish. I'm gonna try a three loop pink lady with the technique you showed me using the bodkin. The bodkin technique is good. I just had up some nice pink. It was beautiful up there. The snow was dumping. We got a little campfire going. Yeah, that fire was key. I mean, it. Except for Jason. Oh, Jason. We lost Jason today, guys. It was sad. Uh, Yeah, no, Jason burnt a hole in his waders, (laughs) (laughs) which was uh, less than ideal in uh, 24 degree weather. High water. 
yeah, so upper was slow. We didn't land any fish. The only guy we saw hook up really, really? came in kind of late, and he had a spay rod on him. So he was able to use a two-handed yeah. rod. Spay rod is still... I don't like that term, spare. I still use he like had, a two-hand. He had like a 14-footer. Yeah. Not, not so the 11 He was getting reached that we couldn't even get. Couldn't get close foot. to getting. But then we moved to, what, round two. Rob and I shot down to the uh, lower end of the lower fly. Right above the bridge, the parking lot hole. Yeah. And pretty quick, you hooked into a fish, lost it, and then hooked into another one. Maybe the San Juan. Yeah. Right away. And it was a... It was a big steelhead. Big steelhead. But it fought like... I thought it was going to be a brown trout. So I just folded over like this. Yeah, I just used the bodkin sort of to guide that first loop. And then sometimes I take it out, even I pinch it. Interesting. And it just sort of helps set it up. And then after that, I don't really need it. But if you're going to... Yeah. If you're you know, it's make making it, really interesting. I've never seen this technique. Yeah. Can you explain the technique we're using? I saw Tim Flagger do it on Tightline Productions, I believe. So you take a uh, egg yarn or whatever type of yarn you're using to tie your egg flies. You tie in your egg fly, and then you tie in your egg yarn, and then before you do your first fold, you, you tuck the fold back with a bodkin. Just makes it a little tighter and spreads it out a little bit. Just gives you a little bit more control as you tie. That is very nice looking. Yeah. It looks like it's got a wig on or something. But yeah, those came out. Nice. Oops. Oops. Oh, that's the sticky part of the table. Oh, no. The Coke whiskey. Whiskey yeah. and Coke. Yeah. So I got my steel head, and then you helped land a brown, which turned out to be foul hooked. Foul hooked. Dude below us. But he also caught a, a stick. So that was, that. you know. We congratulated him. He was the only person successfully able to land a stick today. Yeah. Which is a, a high accolade. And then you got into what we thought was an Atlantic. Yeah. But it was just a crazy... Beautiful. Colored, black-rounded, leopard-spotted... Brown. Brown trout. I was pretty content. I was actually stripping my fly in, which we'd actually been talking about earlier that day, and we had met a guy the night before, and he was saying, actually, strip your fly occasionally. It can, it can yield results. I was just stripping it in to make sure that the fly wasn't fouled up and adjust the weight, and... Suddenly, I had a nice fish on, and uh, but the what was crazy about it all was like it was so cold today that my guides were iced up, my reel was starting to ice up. I pretty much couldn't do anything but walk backwards at that point to bring the fish in. So Rob had to hop out there and did a stellar job netting it, which was which was nice. It was going to go either way. I thought, you know, luckily I had him hooked pretty well. That pink egg yarn. Yeah. What? Oh, I was using one of your um, the chartreuse hobo. Chartreuse hobo. I very I try to use my own flies, but I had a feeling that the chartreuse hobo was going to get it done today, and it did. And I said I definitely would like to have an all white net that I yeah. can see as it moves in the water when you're trying to land a fish in in tannin. Yeah. The only problem with an all white net on a day like today, you'd lose it in the snow. True that. So I think you need a blaze orange handle. And then spray paint the, uh, you can probably just spray paint the, take off the hoop, take off the net bag and spray paint it white with like a metallic spray paint. It could work. I could do oh, that. Oh shoot, we need to fix the net. Yes. Maybe tomorrow when we're waiting to fish. There's a hole in the net, dear Liza. That's a little too bumped for me. 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the water will fold over itself. You need to tie something. So the plan is tomorrow. We're going to go back to where we fished yesterday. Dirty Bill's got a client. And we'll fish together. We were looking for Dirty Bill's client tonight at the lodge. Happened to bump into one of my clients, Josh. You may remember him from my Instagram. He's the one, I believe it was August, who caught a nice largemouth from the Route 1 bridge in Alexandria on a purple worm. And oddly, he was with Pete Kutzer from Orvis. It's just a very small world to bump into people up here at a small lodge on a fishing river. So we just randomly went to dinner that night at... And your, your uh, former client was very nice. Yeah, he bought us a round of beers. Bought us a round of beers, didn't tell us until we got our check, and the bartender was like, oh, right. The first, your first round was on, uh, was on that guy. He didn't tell you? So that was quite a nice surprise. Yeah, I've got a full-on food baby. As soon as we hang up with this, I'm going to finish packing my bag tomorrow so we can just get up and go. You might actually get coffee tomorrow. Are you going to grab some of the uh, beef stew? Yeah, I might have to have some beef stew before we need to. Bed. We need to at least get some out of there so they don't feel, so they, they know that we ate it. Right. Yeah, eating here is home-cooked meal every night. Every night for, for a good price. It's warm and it's dry. And we've been watching. So yesterday was the Jeremy Wade Marathon. Day has been uh, Mockingbirds. And now uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. So, so, oh yeah, you're you're facing it. Where are we at yet? On uh, second one just started. There, something's happening in New York City. There, I he's like in that. A market. Look at that he's egg. Like, Ooh, I like that egg. Yeah. I have to tie another one of those. He's in a big market in New York. I don't know. I don't understand New York City or the nineties. That could. That, oh, that's probably. That's uh, a fish market. Yeah, it's the fish market that would be near the Brooklyn Bridge. Fulham Fish Market, maybe. Okay. Never went. Perishable fresh seafood. Oh. Yeah, that's probably where they filmed uh, oh, Splash. We talked about that earlier. Oh, yeah. Hey, the robbers are back. What a coincidence. I'm pretty excited. I think I'm just going to bring the uh, switch rod down tomorrow, not not the single-handed. So hoping to yeah, we'll be near the cars. So. Yeah, we'll be near, I mean, I'm only around till 10 tomorrow. Right, and that's always so. a good way to warm up is to go up to the cars. Yeah. I mean, you could just go back to sleep out there. I did. All right, we're going to sign off for this evening and try to stay warm tonight and dry everything off. All right, today's Tuesday, November 13, 2019. When you want to say how beautiful the conditions were, but the fishing was terrible, we're going with today. So we went on the advice of the guy who stayed next door last night that the roads were super clogged because nobody could travel and people probably wouldn't be traveling here and it's being reiterated to us that it's deer hunting season which is another reason that the river has fewer people so we figure it's dumping snow it's a tuesday it's cold out we can sleep in a little bit later we're gonna hike in let's go hike into the lower fly uh, upper fly zone so we park at altmar we start hiking in, and it's minimum 20 minutes, and we maybe got half a foot of snow. I don't know, but carrying all that gear and a net is exhausting, and you start building up sweat, and you're wearing all these layers, so you're trying to go slow. 
Because the last thing you want to do is sweat and have that stuff cool off on your body. So we finally get there, and it's snowing the whole walk, and it's beautiful all through the woods, and tall stands of golden rods and wildflowers from last season. And some of them are as tall as us on the walk-in. We get there, and the jump of water is crazy flowing. We can't access the upper fly zone. We tried waiting spots, go up and down. There's nowhere to cross that's safe. It, it's dark. It's overcast. You can't see the river bottom. It's around 30 degrees. It's not a time you want to screw around with safety. So we decided we're going to go back down, look at the lower fly zone, and then make a decision to go up top. So we go to the lower fly zone. And the spot we want to fish, people are waiting, which is now waist to elbow deep. It's cold. It's snowing. I'm not about to stand waist deep in cold water in these conditions. So we go to the upper fly zone and walk in, and it's empty. There's two cars there. The play, we have the river door itself, and it's dumping. We're getting lake effect bands of big snowflakes where monday yesterday there were small snowflakes these things are are big and fluffy and it's absolutely beautiful the pines and the hemlocks are covered in snow bare trees uh, we get down to the river and we start swinging and nymphing and it's bitterly cold out so i decided to move upstream where i can find fuel i'm going to get a small campfire going and we move upstream and it's cold and the water's super high, and we're swinging, and we're nymphing, and the only spot we feel comfortable having the fire and fishing happens to have a log submerged right in front of it. So the idea now of trying to land a fish in there is even more difficult, and we're not getting anything. Then our neighbor from last night shows up, and we all start hanging out and fishing. He's just got one fly on randomly from salmon season. We got the fire going. I'm making bacon. Then I'm cooking grilled Havarti on rosemary bread in the grease, eating soup, anything to stay warm. Because once you get away from that fire, the temperature dropped massively. And you only had a couple of minutes before your hands and feet went numb. My fingertips are absolutely killing me. It hurts just to open a beer can or to, to pick up a hook or a bead. It's crazy what that cold can do to you in, in just a couple hours. So we do that until early afternoon. It's windy. It's snowing. We're starting to have to go farther for fuel for the fire. Thomas eventually hooks up on a seam in a really sketchy spot to land a fish. So we at least know where they're in there. Then some guys show up with big two-handed rods. Some might call them spay rods. It's 13 to 15 footers. And they start laying out line below us where we can't even get to. And one hooks into a fish. So that's three hookups all day amongst the very few people Two groups of two had already come down and gone back up. They had had it with this spot. So we decided to call it. Uh, our friend has to go back to the Osable River up in uh, where they had the Olympics. I'll think of it in a moment. So he's got to go back there. We put out the fire. Uh, but before we f do that, we find out Jason had a big hole in his waders and it filled up with water. He's planning on driving home at 4, so he leaves early and heads back to the cabin. Thomas and I pack up and go to the lower fly zone, and by now it's dumping, and it's windy, and it's cold. Bitterly cold. Where anything that's not 
covered is freezing. The tip of your nose, if you cover that with your face mask or buff, is going to fog up your glasses. And your fingertips are numb and your cheeks. And I'm wearing sunglasses just to keep my eyes from tearing up. Everyone's nose is running. And why a nose runs when it's cold, I still don't know. I should probably Google it. I remember asking that in AP Bio in high school. And 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 Miss Cascio didn't have an answer. And I don't think I've ever looked it up with modern technology. So Thomas and I go to the lower fly zone above the bridge and start swinging flies through. I put on a chartreuse and green hobo. And this guy walks in below me and I'm like, oh man, we had this whole... Whole lower fly zone to ourselves. The parking lots are empty. And I feel a bump, and I go to set the hook, and my line starts moving away from me. Fish is on. My guides are frozen solid. I've got so much ice in them, I can't strip it in. Don't know what to do. I panic. Fish pops off. I look at the guy, and I'm like, whoo maybe you're my good luck charm. So now I pop the ice off. I do another cast, swing it downstream with minimal weight on to keep it off the bottom, and boom, I get my steelhead. And I think it's a brown trout because the brown trout have been fighting like taking your kid in from their car seat when they're asleep. Whereas a steelhead is trying to get your hangry child to get out of the car or do anything when they don't want to. And they're just fighting bucking broncos going boneless and are crazy. And this fish was not fighting. And it was the biggest steelhead I've landed so far on this trip. It was much bigger than yesterday's, but it didn't have the colors. We got one picture of it before I dropped it in. It was so damn cold. I didn't want to have this thing out of the water without gloves. And it goes back in. I give Thomas one of the patterns. He fishes it for a bit. He's like, all right, I'm done with this. He starts popping it back in, hooks a brown trout. We thought it was an Atlantic. We had to go look at the pictures in the parking lot. Um, the coolest looking brown I may have ever seen that just had round black spots on it. It was like like a dice almost like a, a a stick of butter with black dice spots on it, and then the guy below us hooks a fish. Thomas lands it. Turns out to be foul hooked, but where Thomas is standing is where all the dead salmon have accumulated at the boat ramp. And as I was watching them, I noticed that the decomposition where he's having the oils from the salmon float up to the surface and dissipate as globular particles. It was rather cool. I took a video. We call it, we go to Melinda's, I get some, I get some Sarchu's Marabou, I get a different color pink sucker spawn, and, because I didn't have this color, and then we head back to the lodge, say goodbye to Jason after we all shower and clean up, and Jason leaves, we start tying flies, we go to the, we ended up going to Tailwaters for dinner that night, even though they're having beef stew here, we just wanted to have a pint and a big meal. We get there, and the first person I noticed at the bar is Pete Kutzer, Orvis casting instructor, tall guy extraordinaire. With him is my client, Josh F., who over the summer, if you follow me on Instagram, hooked and landed that huge largemouth from the Route 1 Bridge in Alexandria. He's up here for a two-handed rod class, which Pete was instructing. Thomas and I eat. We have I had chicken cordon bleu soup, meatloaf, mashed potatoes. His fries were too garlicky. The yolk on his burger in that poached egg I had to have been from an emu. It was the biggest yolk. It was the size of a yellow and white uh, billiards ball. We come back here, have happy hour, tie flies, finish watching 
the Hunger Games trilogies and go to bed. Now that we're back here at the lodge, too full to eat the beef stew leftovers, which are frozen outside, I'm going to tie up a bunch of these new bubblegum pink sucker spawns, some more chartreuse and black hobo spays, and some other egg and yarn flies. And the plan is tomorrow we're sleeping a little bit and we're going to meet Dirty Bill's client in the morning. The snow is supposed to stop tonight. Temperatures are going to drop tomorrow. Today it was low 30s, snow, 750 CFS. Tomorrow's going to be 750 CFS, and hopefully it's going to be warmer. But I told Josh, whatever you plan on wearing tomorrow, you need to wear an extra layer, tops and bottoms, bring extra gloves, and I plan on getting a good night's sleep after this Hunger Games marathon. We've got everything in here that's defrosted and dried. Bags are packed, clothes are ready, so I can just jump in like a fireman and go. And I've got Progresso Chikorina Soup, bacon, cheese, and sourdough for tomorrow. And I hope that will keep me warm enough. And I'm going to wear one or two more layers. Because it's already cold out. And everything is frozen in the car. There's still snow in the car that hasn't melted because my car's not been above freezing temperatures since Sunday night. 8 o'clock now. Wednesday. Today was the kind of day that separates the hardcore angler from the week, if you want to call it that. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The plan was we're getting up at 4.30, meet Dirty Bill and his client around 5.30, and then... We're going to go down to the river and start swinging flies at sunrise. Thomas got up again early before me and did his whole coffee shenanigans breakfast. Probably read the newspaper online. I don't know. But I did not get up when I planned to because when I set my alarm, I set it for p.m., not a.m. And right now I am tying flies. We get outside, and, and it's cold. And when I say it, it's cold, it's – everything's frozen. My bacon and my cheese and my bread are kind of a frozen brick in the Ziploc bag that I left outside the door last night. We get down to the river. I'm first. I get there and realize I don't have a headlamp. So I, I walk in a bit, and – doesn't look like anyone's even out yet. There may be one person. So I head back up to the car, get my gear. Thomas rolls up. I'm like, yo, Dirty Bill's not here yet. It's beyond cold down there. I don't have a headlamp. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I brought your headlamp. You forgot it. I was like, wow, props to Thomas. 
So we head down there, set up camp. I run back up to my car to get something. Maybe the, the bread, cheese, and bacon. And while I'm up there, Dirty Bill shows up with two clients. I thought it was just going to be one. So there's two guys. We all walk down to the river together. And I'm I'm so cold, I'm just sitting there. I know Thomas has got a few hours left. He's leaving at 10. So I yield to him and Dirty Bill's clients. And I'm sitting on the shore, and, and it's... It's bad. I've got four layers on my pants. I've got a t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, long sleeve shirt, three-quarter zip shirt, down vest, bibs pulled over my vest, waders on, hoodie, down jacket, Sitka gear, Gore-Tex semi-insulated shell. And it's beyond cold. You sit down, you freeze to the ground. Your your water's frozen. Your Gatorade's frozen. The soup in the can was starting to freeze after only being out for a little bit. And it's snowing. It's a pretty morning. The water's high and dark. And Dirty Bill's clients start hooking up like right away. The other side of the river was empty. Our side, maybe five anglers total. And... You wait out and fish a little bit, and then you realize it's way too cold. So you come back to shore, and then you heat up, put some hot packs in your in your pockets. I mimic Dirty Bill's lead, and his clients were using peachy colored eggs, I think. So I put on one of the big egg yarn eggs I tied last night, and probably third cast, hook a fish. So I'm all excited, and then um, I've got one of my layers has a built-in face mask. That's over my face. I'm wearing my favorite fleece hat, and then I've got on my Elmer Fudd hat, and I am, I'm shivering in the water. And I've only been in for a couple minutes. I go take a break. More people catch fish. I go take a break. Thomas hooks some fish. I'm still taking a break. I make soup, I eat it, it freezes as I'm eating. I, I don't know how cold it is this morning because I don't have my thermometer or my phone on because I get no service here anyway. But it's damn cold. And I'm using heat packs for the first time in my gloves. It's ridiculous. I am frozen to a log I sat on. The snow that's landing in your glasses when they're off is starting to freeze inside of them. It's that damn cold out. And I'm debating whether I'm just going to go back and just sleep and maybe fish later when it gets above freezing, if it gets above freezing. One of Dirty Bill's clients breaks off. I head out there with my egg on. And third or fourth cast, I end up hooking an absolute beauty of a steelhead. It was big. It, it ran towards me. It ran away from me. It ran down. And through all this nasty weather with ice buildups and below freezing, my hatch reel has absolutely performed beyond my expectations. My 11-foot rod has got the backbone for me to be able to pull these fish in. I don't have to worry about them running all the way downstream and breaking me off or getting away. 
So we, we get to shore. I take off my gloves, try to take the peachy fly out of the mouth. I can't even use my pliers. They're frozen solid, shut, covered in ice. So we use, try to use dirty bills. We finally, I don't know, break it off, cut the line, whatever, to get the hook. I reach in, grab the fish. Dirty Bill gets two quick pictures before I throw the fish back in because I, it, it's so painful to my core, just my hands being exposed in this weather. I went, tur- wiped the slime off of me, strung up my rod, put it on shore, got the stove going, got the Coleman, and I maybe fished. This is probably 8 o'clock. I probably fished another 10 to 15 minutes total between then and 10.30-ish. 10 when Thomas decided to – probably 10, 10.30-ish when Thomas decided he had to leave and Dirty Bill's clients – and Dirty Bill invited me to go drift on his boat. So we left there, climb out, and there's some sunshine, which was very welcomed. I'm still debating whether I should get in the boat or just go back and sleep and watch TV and tie more of the flies that were working. But I get in the boat, quickly realize that there's really no escape when I get extremely cold. So I'm kind of screwed. And they are drifting beads and nymphs under spinning rods with bobbers or floats, you'd call them. I'm swinging in the back of Dirty Bill's stealth craft. Much improvement from his old drift boat, which was not a stealth craft, but it has an incredible trailer that I wish I had, and just other cool upgraded features, being that there's a five-year difference in the age in our boats. And we drift down, and the other guys start hooking fish, and I mean, it's, it's cold, it's windy, the sun is not helping, it's brutal. I would rather have been anywhere else, seriously, than... Then on that boat, swinging flies. It was cold. I can't jump around and do calisthenics. Everything's frozen. The anchor line's freezing. And, yeah, it was bad. It, it was... And, and I knew I should have brought my big down red and black jacket that is super warm. It's a sleeping bag with arms and a hood. And I was stupid and left it behind underestimating just how cold and different the forecasts are than from up here. I didn't hook anything on the float, and we finished around 2.30. Dirty Bill is able to start his car that was shuttled down by Mark and Elise. So the car was warm when we got in it, and I basically drove straight from Dirty Bill dropping me off at my car back here. It took about two hours for me to warm up. Uh, I was wearing two layers of pants, three tops, and a hat. And boots in here with the fans off and all the heaters on. They had lasagna for dinner in the crock pot. And I've just been tying. I'm by myself. I am uh, watching Forrest Gump. Having a libation. And I'm cranking out some purple and black hobos. I did one graboid. Some of these just overly large. Big sort of three loop pink ladies with. And I only brought one color of egg yarn. But the guys left some pink and orange behind. So I'm using that as the accent color. I've packed up most of my stuff, and tomorrow I'm waking up and see what I feel like fishing. The plan tomorrow, it's going to be 37 is planned. I'm going to go downriver and try and get some fresh silverfish. My issue now is I don't have help of somebody landing a fish in a net for me. So I have to find somewhere where it's soft 
and I can land them without them bashing their heads against rocks. So there's a couple of places in mind. I'm going to wake up, might even get coffee, and then I'm going to go check out some dollar store next to Tractor Supply that Mark and Elise swears got. Stuff that I would use for tying flies. And I don't know what I'm doing for dinner. Maybe uh, I'll meet up with the Orvis class again and have one of those delicious ciders at the bar. All my gear spread out. Uh, my running line shredded today. That's two in a row. Maybe I'm stepping on it with my cleats. I, I don't know. So I cut off about 18 feet of my running line, lashed a loop on it there, put my Skagit head back on, and I'm probably going to go to bed sooner than later um, because it's quiet and I can do that. So let's see what tomorrow pans out as my last full day up here. Good morning. It's Thursday. It's 10.30 in the morning. I'm on to plan C. It's 28 degrees. It's dumping snow. Minimal wind. Dew points at 20. It's not that bad out here compared to yesterday. I would take pretty much anything compared to yesterday. Where everything froze from pliers to camp stove handles to anchor lines to fly rod guides to you name it. I got up this morning with no alarm, so that must have been 7.30, 8 o'clock, which was relatively a sleep-in compared to the earlier this week, and slowly got dressed. I could not get the lights on on the ceiling fans, so I got to get dressed in the dark with a desktop lamp on, packed up my gear, and I rolled down to town to my spot that I like to swing from. There's a, a big, big drop-off. And you've got this curving, long hole, and I, I can swing flies. I get down there, I suit up, walk in. There's already two jabronis down there. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to pack up stuff, walk upstream, get some soup going, find a spot, and nothing's really catching my eye. I'm looking for a safe place to stand, soft water to land fish, maybe some riffles. Nothing. So I switch sides to the river and I come over here and I am leaving now a beautiful spot with a island and I'm on between land and the island. The rocks where I'm standing are completely flat and safe to walk on. I swing flies through there for good 30-40 minutes and absolutely nothing. It's beautiful water. It's below Route 81. So I guess that would be the ice rink area. And I'm the only one out there. I'm not seeing signs of fish, not hooking fish. I heat up some potato leek soup, have a nice hot breakfast. While that is heating up, I had to rebuild a liter because I broke off my whole liter. Ate some hot food, got fishing again, swing in some black and purple hobos. Nothing. Foul hook while I'm filming on the GoPro, and I end up bringing up my snag from earlier so I've got a leader I can use when I go back upstream now so I am going to go back up towards the fly zones see how that's doing up there probably eat another soup because I'm hungry and I'm going to swing and nymph some flies I will remember to bring the fly boxes and tip material and split shot that were in my outer shell I'm only wearing a down jacket baseball hat now fingertipless gloves no mitts, no face masks, no Elmer Fudd hat, no hot packs. It's 
big difference than yesterday. So I'm going to go try and do some process of elimination and some scientific method and see if I can't use my reasoning to fight a steelhead. It's almost two o'clock. It's on Thursday. I just landed my second steelhead. They're, they're huge fish. So I'm taking a break and warming up on shore. I'm, <coughs> I'm at the lower fly zone above the bridge in the parking lot hole. There's one, two people fishing with guides. And then there's the guy from Maine who's been netting my fish for me. I've been fishing pink and orange or pink or orange variation of color crystal meth and I've gone two for five now two for six everything is on a long swing little mend and then toss a couple feet of extra line out and swing through the fast current on the far side with just one large split shot on and it's working for me. I think I'm gonna hang out here for a little bit. Was not expecting to catch fish up here today. It's not too crowded. It's cold, it's windy, it's overcast, the snow stopped. I've had my second cup of soup. I'm enjoying today. All right, let's summarize today. 7.30 p.m. I got a belly full of barley beef stew, home cooking, at the lodge again. And everyone on the road today, everyone on the river today was complaining about the meals they're eating around town and that their lodging costs too much. I'm like, this is where you should be because I've eaten solid all week. So today was warmer, overcast, snow ended by noon, river at 700 C, uh, CFS. And like I said, nothing downriver. I'm glad I made the choice to go upriver. There was a guide with a client right above the bridge. And the guide really wasn't doing what I would consider a good job as, as a guide. He gave no casting instruction. And that dude was basically catapult chucking, ducking flies all day with a two-handed rod. There was no, hey, let me teach you how to roll cast and how to do this properly and more efficient for his client to not get exhausted. And at some point, there was a guy between us, and he's from Spain, he bought a house up here. He starts complaining about how long it's taking that guy to net his client's fish. And then the guide starts yelling at him, saying that all the fish he's caught today have been foul hooked, and then he needs to change his fly, and that he needs to break off the specific fish, that he foul hooked at that exact moment. And that is when the guy tries to break it off and he doesn't and he brings it in to land it to do it and it turns out the fish is fair hooked. So he starts yelling some profanities downriver at the guide. It's a little bit of drama, but it was all right. Uh, it was amazingly comfortable compared to yesterday except now I'm wading up to waist deep so I can roll cast across just past the seam and swing downstream, which is where I believe I found a bucket where the fish were hanging out. 
I went two for six today. I think everything was on a pink crystal meth. I'm now watching Pitch Perfect, which I can't believe Thomas has never watched. And, of course, he missed it by it being on now and he's at home. And this movie is completely made up and false, and I don't believe any of it because what self-respecting dude, specifically Bumper, would ever throw a perfectly good burrito out the window of a tour bus to hit somebody? Even for the bit of it being funny to hit someone with a burrito, no self-respecting man would ever waste a good burrito. But earlier I was watching Ghost because I came back here at 3.30, 3.45, and there's the scene where the ghost jumps into Whoopi Goldberg's body and starts talking to his wife, and she talks about her autumn sunrise hair. So I tied some crystal meths. I call them autumn sunrise. Chartreuse with a couple colors of pink in them. So I ended up hooking and landing two fish this afternoon. The guy above me with a guide, whose guide was very quiet, and they ended up landing, which was probably the coolest, biggest steelhead with a kite jaw of the trip. So there'll be pictures and photos up on social media of that. I don't know what it ate. That client was wearing black latex gloves, which he said were helping him with the cold, which is what Josh mentioned yesterday. So I fished till 3.30. Everything was on the crystal meth. I broke off and lost half the fish. The other two I landed. The last one put up probably the best fight of the trip. There's no adrenaline rushing. I've already landed fish today, yesterday, the day before. And this fish was flopping, jumping, launching itself all around. Came up to me. I had a reel and quick. Swam out. Came back, forth, left and right. My neighbor from Maine was able to land it for me. And then I've just been back here hanging out, cleaning, packing, and getting ready. I was just exhausted today. The cold, the standing on my feet, really no breaks, really not drinking as many fluids as I should be. Uh, it's taking a toll. I'm, I'm so exhausted. There should be a podcast interview going on at Tailwater Lodge tonight, so I'm going to hang out, continue watching this movie, and wait for the all clear. Plan is, alarm is set for 5. I'm going to suit up, jump in the car, fish until 8.30, 9 o'clock, come back here, change, pack the car, and get home in time to pick up the pixie from school tomorrow. And being as cold as it is, my cooler is still freezing cold. Everything in the back of my car is cold, wet, and frozen. More so because Thomas's gallon of water was ruptured the other day and flooded the back lining of my car, and everything froze. I'm going to go get some more of those peanut butter cookie ice cream sandwiches at Burn Dairy tomorrow. And plan on meeting Josh at 0500 and Dirty Bill around 8 o'clock. So we'll see how tomorrow goes, and we'll see how tonight goes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now you can just cut that out. <laughs> All right, we're outside Tailwaters right now, going clock, clock. Mm. Right? When you're in a pressure, it's like... Right. We're outside Tailwaters. We're going clockwise. Who do we have to my left? Matt. And where are you from? I'm from Wallingford, Connecticut. All right. It's about five hours away. That's nice and short compared to me. Oh, wow. Where are you from? Northern Virginia. Oh, yeah. Wow. Man. So how long have you been up here? We just got up here today. Okay. Yeah. Crystal meth. Crystal meth is fantastic. I love doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what's been working. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we, I actually prefer cocaine over crystal meth, but, <laughs> you know, it's all good. You know, whatever, you, you know, you, you know, what teach section, their own. What section y'all fishing tomorrow? 
So tomorrow we're going to go to Oak Orchard. It's two okay. hours from here. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. I heard it's slow, but, you know. Dude, they're dropping they're the water liars. here today. They're liars. They're dropping the water, or they already did it. Are they? Did they say it? They said? Yeah, it's, I, I would stay here tomorrow. Did you? Uh, are they definitely? They if you want steelhead, I mean, I'm only fishing two hours in the morning. Uh, but who do we have here? Connor from <laughs> Milford. Milford, Connecticut? Yep. All right. How many years have you been coming up here? First like year. Five, oh, yeah. First year? I'm first, first year. First you year. missed yesterday. You're, you're better off. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. That's fine. We're going to slaughter. Right? You have got a uh, horseshoe crab on your hat. Yeah, dude. It's my lucky horseshoe. Really? All right. Yeah. Who yeah. we got here with the electric jacket? You got laser. It looks like a sniper's about to shoot you. Heated jacket. Nice and warm. You could have used that yesterday. Yeah, use it all the time. Uh, Seymour, Connecticut. So everyone's from Connecticut? You too? Oxford, Connecticut. Right, yeah. What's your name? Nick Rosea. Dylan Trevor. All right, and you guys are here with Steelhead literally in your backyard. Right. But yeah. you're going to go somewhere else tomorrow. Can't brown trout. The brown trout are, is, is an oak orchard. You want big browns or just regular browns? Big browns. All, all, the, browns. all the browns. Yeah. What's your name? Rob Snow White. Rob Snow White. That's my real last name. Is that your real last name? And do you indulge in the snow, too? <laughs> no. Nah, come on. That is the last thing I would ever... We can't talk about that. Oh, come on. Of course we can. Hold on. That's my ID. <laughs> Snow wait, wait, wait. White. Take out your phone. If Joe Rogan talk, can talk about DNT, you can talk about blah. Right. That is. I don't think I want to. All right. Look up. Look. <laughs> Just Google Rob Snow White. You'll find my website. So what flies are you going to be throwing? Flies? We're not flies. We're not flies. You can do spin. Wow. Lolly boogers will be fun. If I had my kit, lacking, but. everything's back at my lodge. I'd give you guys some flies. We have flies. flies. Some flies. We, orchard, we float ain't. flies or not. Right. Snow right. White? No. One W. You can't. This is a kid's podcast. No, it's not a kid's podcast. All right, what time are you getting up to leave? Five. Four. Four. <laughs> Seven. All right. Who's the leader of the group? He's Not inside. R O B Rob Snow Podcast. There you go. That's me. All right. So you'll be on that in like a week or two. Wow, really cool. You want to say like hi mom or anything? No. All right. Can we say where's the cocaine? No. no. Unless it's like dry Rob, shake or dry flies. <laughs> what uh, what's your home waters back home? Farmington River. That's big. No, we talk river. How far are you from Don Pepe's? Never heard of it. Okay. Where's the best sandwich in your hometown? Oh. What kind of sandwich are we talking? Like a hoagie. Uh, like a hoagie. Are you talking? Are you talking? Giant. Like the giant store? No, like Harvard Harvard giant. It's a sub shop. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It, it is uh, in Bridgeport. And it's, I can think it's called the Bridgeport. It's a kid's podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold right. on, huh? I mean, Mirror Canteen. Mirror Canteen. All right. Uh, and it's burgers, dogs. Hot dog, ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Ketchup. Are you kidding me? Ketchup. You're a communist. You're a communist. The works. The works. Mirror Canteen, you always get the works. Spicy mustard, relish, sauerkraut. All right, on the count of three, favorite Harrison Ford movie. One, two. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. All right, if, uh, let's, what are my other typical podcast questions? <laughs> Rob, Rob, where's the go-game? <laughs> Come on, man, I know you're doing I'd rather have go-game. NyQuil. You're making us look like we're drug addicts, and you're the only <laughs> one. Right. Yeah, you're, you're not I gotta go win. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Peace out. Later. Bye, Robert. Wait, wait, Rob. <laughs> wait, wait, Rob. Friday morning, I wake up.
5 a.m., eh, 4.50. I'm probably in the parking lot at 5. I'm the only one there. It's pitch black. The water is rushing. You can tell that it's dropped a bit overnight. And oddly, there's a drift boat parked anchored in the water below the boat ramp. Anybody could have just gotten on that boat and taken it for a ride, or the anchor line could have fallen in apart, or something could have happened. A little sketchy. I would not leave my boat just floating unattended like that overnight. So it's cold, and no one's there, so I figure I'm going to crawl back in my Xterra and go to sleep for a little bit. I wake up a little bit over an hour later, parking lot's full of people, a lot of boats going in, no one's really on the water fishing. So I walk in where I've been fishing the last couple of days and I start swinging some flies and I got to readjust everything because there's half the amount of water there was the day before. And I got to figure out where the fish are and I'm swinging, playing with weights. I got nothing. So about 30 to 40 minutes into my Friday excursion, I decided to call it. I'm going to go back to the lodge, change, finish packing up the car and roll out in time to go get my kid from school because she hasn't seen me in a whole week. And I'm pretty sure we definitely saw a golden eagle up there. I saw it on Friday morning. We saw it feeding on a carcass. It's about three times the size of a bald eagle. I'm going to confirm. I've looked it up. There are uh, golden eagles in New York. The drive home was, was fairly easy. I stopped in Wilkes-Barre. I got a sandwich from Sheets, and according to... Thomas, who says they don't know how to make sandwiches there, I got to agree. This thing was was pretty dilapidated looking. It was rather dodgy. There's pictures of it that'll be on the blog and on the, the movie shortly. I stopped in a beer shop down the street just to see what they had. And we definitely don't have these beer distributors in Virginia. There are more 30, 36 packs of beers that I've never heard of. I ended up getting something for Rob and I to drink over the holidays. I got some Moosehead, and then I got some Yards cans for my wife. Remember, we can't recycle bottles anymore in Fairfax County, so you got to buy cans. And since you can no longer get Yards in Virginia, I decided to get some there. I also bought a six-pack of Two-Hearted River for my neighbor Brendan, who looks like Jason a bit. So I was able to get home in time, pick my kid up from school, and start unpacking the car while there's still daylight. I'm going to tell you my gear list for this trip. I fished a Hatch 7 Plus Large Arbor with an 11-foot 8-weight switch rod, a 475-grain Skagit head. I used the biggest cleats available for corkers. I wore the Devil's Canyon. I used the Costa Sunrise Silver Lenses. My split shot varieties were B, BB, 3-0, 7-0, and number 5. I used inexpensive pliers on utility belt that doubled as my wading belt. I used that thrift store backpack, which is fantastic. My fly boxes of choice were Risen Fly. I was wearing a merino wool sweater with a face mask and head covering I bought specifically for this trip. But I bought it back in March, and I wore it to London, and maybe four or five times after. And right before the trip, I tried it on, and the sleeves all had holes in them. And I know it wasn't moths because there's other things in my house that moths would eat, specifically what's in my laundry room and what's in my office. So I'm disappointed with that, and I'm going to be sending that back. I used Berkeley Vanish leader material with Rio Tippet that I picked up at District Angling. My iPhone was used to film and photograph. And the flies that worked were crystal meth, hobos, graboids, and blood dots. I thank you for listening to this podcast. This was I don't know how many years in a row the fall trip to the Salmon River. Next episode features Pete Kutzer, 
and please visit Hatch Outdoors as they are the sponsor to this podcast. We may have something down the line more close to the holidays for you from Hatch Outdoors. So please stay tuned. Jason, do your thing. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.